Hello, welcome to the Double Blue Podcast. Mike Hogan with you here today. Coming up on the show, for the first time in the long three-year history of the Double Blue Podcast, today we talk to a kicker. Hasn't happened before. Tyler Crepina is going to join me. Interesting guy. We'll talk quite a bit about what happened with his career at Mac because it's fascinating. And we'll get into, I assume, some of the things about playing in Toronto now, the the, the turf at, at BMO Field, how good it is, and what difference that makes for a kicker. We'll talk about some of the wind currents. I want to ask him about that, um, how he got to Toronto. Like, There's, there's a lot to talk about, but he, a, a really interesting career. And he played in one of the most entertaining Canadian football games I've ever seen, the, the 2011 Vanier Cup. It was McMaster against Laval. It went double overtime. It was astonishingly entertaining. 23 nothing at one point for McMaster. Uh, they kind of blinked, and all of a sudden Laval's up 24-23. And back and forth, a handful of uh, CFL players in that game. But Krapinia had a rare opportunity, and that's to atone for a mistake. And Krapinia, for those who don't know the game, last play of regulation time, he's got a short field goal. Puts it up, missed it. Game goes to overtime. Like he's the All-Canadian kicker, first team All-Canadian. He makes these kicks in his sleep and he misses one on the biggest stage, gets the opportunity to win it in double overtime and, well, he's got the ring to prove he made the kick. So I want to get into that game a little bit with him as well because it was, it was such a good advertisement for uh, for Canadian football. And I don't know what you believe to be the most exciting Grey Cup of all time. Um, with a Toronto bias, 2017 wasn't bad. Uh, it might not have been the most pristine game ever played, but when you take into account the, the big plays, the comeback, the Ricky Ray story, the snow, halftime, Ottawa, 150th, Mountie, Shania Twain, dog sleds. There was something special about that game. You may think it's the 96 Grey Cup. You may think it's the 83 Grey Cup as being just exciting. 89 Grey Cup? That wasn't bad. Hamilton lost, so there's a plus there too. But there have been some sensational games. The Ricky Ray overtime game against Anthony Calvillo and BC. Fantastic game. Just three-down football lends itself to comebacks at the end of games and lead changes, just the timing of the game. So we've had the opportunity here to see some classics. Um, There have been some spectacularly entertaining games at the university level as well. There was a Queens-Western game with Mike Falds, a quarterback for Western, who's now the head coach at Laurier. Uh, Danny Brannigan, who was with the Argos for a bit. There was that game, Queens-Western. It was a a Yates Cup final. It was a spectacularly entertaining game. Uh, The first game I ever saw, or called rather, was the 1994 Vanier Cup that was Western versus Saskatchewan, 50-40 to in overtime. Before they played the shootout, they played the two shortened halves, basically two short quarters, and it was a punt return that ended up being the difference in that game. So it was just some fantastic memories, some great games at that level. And 
man, the, the that Vanier Cup, if it's not at the top of the list, it's right near the top. If you saw that game, I don't think you can have the discussion about most entertaining championship game in Canadian history without mentioning that. So we'll get into that game uh, with Tyler, who's obviously got a very good memory from that game. Back from the Western road trip, no sugarcoating. It just, it, it was awful. They get a chance to come home now at 0-2 at home. Uh, one of those games, I think we all feel should have been a win against BC. But Winnipeg, chance for some revenge after what the Bombers did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so it's Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Hope to see you here. On Thursday night, it will be the, uh, the the TSN Concert Series game. Every team across the uh, the Canadian Football League is mandated to play a Thursday game as part of the TSN Concert Series. This is our Thursday night game, and Classified is going to be playing at halftime. So a fairly significant member of the Canadian music industry, Juno Award winner, so Classified will be playing at halftime. Shipyard will be open at 5, $3 dogs, $5 beers. I uh, hope you can come down. The weather, as, as we record this, uh, looks to be spectacular. Sunny in 25. Again, when you're sitting at home in the middle of February saying, man, I wish I could be at an Argo game. I wish I could be outside enjoying the great weather. Well, you can do both. Come down to an Argo game and enjoy the great weather on Thursday night as uh, the Bombers are in town. And you can boo Mike O'Shea and Jordan Younger and Glenn Young and Paul Apolis and all those former Argos uh, players and coaches who, uh, who are now in Winnipeg. So it's beat the pig night on uh, on Thursday night. Let's see. Let's see. I think that's it. So let's get into it. We'll, we'll talk to Tyler Crepinia and uh, then come back and wrap up. And I'll, I'll kind of remind you of some of these things. But uh, Tyler Crepinia, kicker extraordinaire, new Argo comes up next. You are listening to the Double Blue Podcast. And welcome back to the Double Blue Podcast. Mike Hogan with you here today, along with uh, one of the new Argos this year, Tyler Carpinia, kicker extraordinaire. How you like in Toronto? It's good. It's good. It's a nice city. It's nice uh, facilities and everything. I'm really liking it a lot. And back in Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be back here. It's good to be back. You're an Ottawa kid. When you were growing up, um, did you always have a stronger leg than all the other kids your age, or is this something that kind of developed as you went along? I mean, I think at, at a very young age, I think when I was like nine years old, I was one of two kickers in Ottawa actually kicking field goals at that time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's kind of th- something that's just kind of, I guess, developed. I've, you know, I played soccer growing up and everything, so I was always the guy taking the goal kicks and stuff for our goalies. So, I mean, just... I guess just kind of naturally blended into uh, to doing kicking and uh, yeah. Easily did you always enjoy football or was it soccer first and football was kind of something you did because it was fun to do too? I think being Italian is uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much me uh, in soccer right away and that was yeah. kind of my first love and I think I kind of gradually learned to love football after a little bit and uh, yeah I've been playing football since I was about nine years old so it's kind of started almost like just after soccer it's always been a thing for me now before you went to mac were you on team ontario or team canada you were you were doing all-star stuff were you not yeah i played a couple of years for team ontario yeah. and then i did uh actually one year with team world and that's where i kind of met a lot of the guys that kind of played in the cis over yeah. the years and uh yeah that was a that was a great experience and that was uh it was a lot of fun to just kind of get to meet a lot of different guys across the CIS and from that team I'm pretty sure you see a lot of those guys that are actually in the CFL as well now so yeah. it's, it, it's funny because I remember when I was writing for OUA uh, the first time I heard of you I was talking to Steph before the season Patasic at Mac and he said we just signed this kid and we brought him in we recruited him he said there's nothing to him but he's got a great leg I think we're I think we're going to be good from here on out um, 
How small were you your first year at Mac in terms of weight? I was, I think I weighed in at like a buck 55. There was really not much. I think like a couple of comments were just like, like, is this guy like in grade nine or something like that when I first got into Mac? So it was pretty funny. I think, uh, and actually, I don't even think I really even like put on that much weight until after, uh, until after I kind of graduated. And that's mm-hmm. where I kind of, you know, started getting a little developing a little more. So maybe I'm a little bit late bloomer. I don't know. Cause it, it's, I remember, I actually remember seeing your first game on television. Uh, it was against Queens Yeah. and okay, let's see what the hype is all about. And I see you for the first time. I'm thinking this kid's not going to get the ball to midfield because <laughs> yeah. it's like, you were so slight. And the first kickoff you did went to the goal line and I went, Oh, okay. There's something here. And I looked it up. You had a 47-yard field goal in that game too. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I think that was actually my second kick uh, in in the CIS. That 47-yarder. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit nervous for that. I mean, yeah. like I, you know, <laughs> it's always one of those long kicks to start everything off. So I mean, uh, yeah, it was good to get that one in under my belt, and I think that kind of actually calmed me down a little bit, and that kind of you know at least made me think like, all right, like I belong here. You know what I mean? I'm able to do this. Let's just let's just keep rolling from there. Why Mac? Why, why, how did you get away from uh, from Ottawa? And Carlton wasn't around yet, right? No, Carlton yeah. wasn't around. I was actually, uh, I know a lot of my a lot of my Queens buddies won't like to hear this, but I was actually pretty much almost ready to go to Queens uh, at that to time. Home, sure. Yeah, closer to home. Yeah. I mean, great school, good football program, and everything. And then I kind of went on this recruiting trip to Mac and. I guess I just kind of fell in love with it. You know, it was, it was a it was a nice campus, good school academically. You know what I mean? Like it was a very young team. That uh, sounds cliche saying this now. You know, I thought like potentially win a Vanier Cup. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm sure everyone sure. thought that of the school they chose. But I felt like it was a, it was a good fit for me. I could come in and play right away, and that was kind of important to me. They had good coaching and stuff. I really like Coach uh, Coach P. So. Yeah, it was. It, I found it was a perfect fit for me, and I just decided to roll with it. You had a ton of highlights, but you played in one game that may go down as one of the most exciting games at any level in in Canadian football history. It was the 2011 Vanier Cup, Cup yeah. uh, in Vancouver against Laval, and you you didn't play in the playoffs, right? Like you you were, you didn't play until the Vanier, correct? No, I actually uh, I had an injury, so I didn't play until uh, the Vanier Cup game, and got the clearance to go in that. I mean, thank thankfully that was. <laughs> yeah. so, was kind of a little bit down the whole entire playoffs. So I was like, man, like it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I might not be able to to play in this game, but everything worked out in the end. And yeah, it was it was a great uh, great opportunity for me. But you guys rolled right, like you, you you rolled over Queens, you rolled over Western, and then it was Acadia. And you go in now, you got to meet the monster, right, Laval. Every, they were everybody's you know most feared team in CIS. And what what was the mindset? Do you remember what it was like going in against Laval? Because you were you were you were obviously a really good football team, but Laval was still Laval. We kind of knew who we were, and I think that's just we kind of stuck to our kind of game plan. I mean, we had a probably one of the most dominant quarterbacks to ever play in CIS yeah. and Kyle Quinlan. I think, and that guy was a man on a mission that year, and and he kind of led our team, and obviously had an amazing game in the final. And you know, I think just everyone kind of grouped together and knew that you know we could just go out there and play and do our thing that we could, you know, we could actually pull this off. And I'm pretty sure we started with a 23, nothing yeah. lead or something like yeah. that. So, I mean, we went out there firing on all cylinders and I think we kind of went into halftime knowing that, all right, this is, this is, seems a little bit too easy, you know, playing against a team like this, like <laughs> something's going to come back. And then little did we know, you know what I mean? Like they just came back and uh, it turned it into a great game. So, well, they took the lead at one point or like you've got 23, nothing blink, you know, early fourth quarter, it's 24, 23. Yeah. You score, they score. Like all of a sudden, it's tied. Then you've got the opportunity 
Yeah. At the end of the game um, for a 30-yarder. Yeah, I don't really remember that opportunity. Uh, I, just, I, I, I don't uh, want to remember that but, opportunity. But, but like you're, you're the all-Canadian kicker, first team, and you have the opportunity to win this remarkable game in a rare yeah, miss. I mean, like, that's the thing. I mean, that, that game was – I mean, that opportunity, I, I don't think I've – I can't even, you know, I can maybe count on one hand how many times I've missed a, a field goal that short in, in my career. So, I mean – I'm thinking, you know, this is in the bag. Like, I'm pretty sure any kicker would think, you know, going out there is like, listen, this is within, you know, well within my range. I know I've hit this before, you know what I mean? Like, all pressure and all that stuff aside, it just kind of kicked it, went up, and I just saw, you know, trailing a little bit left there, and I was like, all right, well, at least it's like, I find when a, a kicker goes into that situation, at least when I'm thinking, all right, the worst case scenario to this is we're going into overtime, you know what I mean? So that, sure. I think that takes a little bit of less pressure off me, just knowing, okay, I can go out there, hit a clean ball, it goes in, we win doesn't go in well we might be needed you know 10 minutes later but as a kicker like because it was it was 30 yarder and you've got the leg to get it through the back of the end zone does that change what you do at all like are you thinking even if i drill this thing if i miss it if i kick it with a lower trajectory i'll probably get the single point out of this does that enter the mind at all or is it just okay it's a 30 yarder i'm gonna make this thing i think it's just a 30 yard i'm gonna make this i mean i'm i think every kicker is not really thinking about that one point you know what i mean and i think from 30 yards there was no reason for me to think otherwise why I wouldn't be able to make that right so I guess like when you think but when I look back on it I guess I could have hit a little bit lower trajectory but uh I mean I think uh I think we know about a little tra- lower trajectory what happened in 2014 that you know I wasn't gonna a, go there yeah <laughs> I, was, I, was a I, was, I actually wasn't gonna go but you had one blocked at yeah. the end of that Vanier Cup as well yeah I mean it's was just to get two opportunities to win a Vanier Cup I mean does there's nothing more you can ask for as a, from a kicking standpoint yeah. to win the, the biggest trophy in the, in the CIS. So I mean, it was one of those things where oh you know that was a that was a, another kick that you know was a little bit different and you yeah. know that resulted in that. So I mean, at the end of the day, it, it was what it was. What happened? You know, I got the second opportunity and, and but without the dialing the guy out, I mean, there's nothing you can do as a kicker because you had no time. Like the, yeah, you know, it was, mean, a, it was a missed assignment on the line of scrimmage. Guy blows through and yeah, it's he's it is what face. it is. I mean, like. I'm not a, I'm not a type of guy to throw anyone no, under no, the bus but it's, or any of that. It's, sure. So you know, we just as a team like that. I think that game on itself. I think I probably had four or five field goals. You know what I mean? Maybe we don't convert one of those field goals into yeah. a touchdown, and you know maybe we win that game instead, mm-hmm. right? So so let's go back to the to, to, to the game. It's, yep. It's now double overtime. Yeah. Boris Beatty misses one. It's like how many guys were in that game who ended up in the CFL? Like yeah. Fiole Gadinho was here for a while. He had a touchdown in that game. So you go out after just having missed a 32, and then you come back and you've got a shorter one yeah. for the win in double overtime. Yeah. What the hell is going through your mind after just having... I think know? it was more it was more anger from missing that first one. It was yeah. like, there's no way in hell I'm missing this 20 But, but like, you're only 19 years old, right? Yeah. When you look at it, it's like, you know, in, in this stage, in this moment, I know as a, they say as a kicker, you've got to have the short memory. Yeah. But still, like, human nature, you're 19 years old, you're playing, you know, the, it was one of the biggest rated... TV audiences for a Vanier Cup game. You know, yeah. It's Laval. You've got all... It's a full house in Vancouver. There must have been some kind of nerve there. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's definitely nerves going into the second one. But, I mean, like I said now, going into that second overtime, you know what I mean? Like, we got the final kick here to win the game, right? It's either you make it, we win this game. So, I mean, I feel like whenever I'm going into situations like that where I'm in the position to just end the game on the spot right then and there, it's, I feel like it's almost a little bit less pressure just knowing that I could just finish this, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't have to make this and then we have to do something else afterwards, you know what I mean, to kind of yeah. keep ourselves in the W. So, yeah, and I mean, uh, it was just 
I just wanted to go out there, hit a clean ball like I like I always do. And I, I like I said, it was a little bit of anger kind of coming back. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm missing this one. Like, we're going to end it here and now. So, I mean, everyone did their jobs. Great snap, great hold. Where's the ball? Is that at Mac? Does, does, do you have it? I'm pretty sure actually a fan from Mac had caught it mm-hmm. and uh, brought it back. And I think that was... Uh, there was that and my uh, my my field goal, the shoe that I kicked the field goal with. I think it was in the uh, CFL Hall of oh, Fame really? there for a little bit. Oh, that's uh, yeah. nice. But I, they gave they gave me my shoe back, and then they uh, I don't know where the ball is though. So I where's the to, shoe? It's at home. Nice. It's at home in a little little casing there. Nice, very nice. Um, so you get drafted, Calgary. They're set. Like they've got kickers there, so you know you're gonna have to wait or whatever. You get traded to Saskatchewan, and you get an opportunity to play, and and you nail all four field goals your first year. Did did you feel immediately that you were at home and you knew you could do this professionally i was a little bit nervous going into sas because just you know i think everything about it right i mean this is like the the hall of you know like yeah. the best you know team in the in the cfl most fans you know big like watch and everything sure. so i mean i think it was a little bit nervous going into that but like you know i, I got a you know a couple couple kicks under my belt there and kind of felt like you know what like i can i can definitely do this so you know i mean i can be this pro and i think just watching the guys, I always give them credit, you know, Renee and Maver in, in Calgary yeah. for that little portion of time that I was there, like just watching how they go about it. And I mean, obviously those guys are two of the best that are still doing it right now. So just watching those guys do what they do kind of made me, you know, understand what it takes to kind of be in the league and what I need to do to, to stay in the league. For Argo fans, they'll remember uh, the 2017 East final here at BMO yeah. with uh, a little bit more happiness than you would. What do you remember most about that day? I mean, quite honestly, I thought I remember me and uh, me and Josh Bartel were on the sidelines thinking with about a minute 30 left after I hit that field goal to go up, I think it was by two points or something like mm-hmm. that. I'm thinking we're a minute 30 away from going to a great cup. And for me, like that would have meant the world to me because that was Ottawa. in Ottawa oh, as well. Right. So, I mean, like I'm thinking like here I was talking to my parents before season started you know like we have a good team chris jones is putting everything together i was thinking well we have a shot here and then we get that crossover spot we come over here to toronto i'm thinking we got a legitimate shot and then that minute 30 it kind of hits and you're like okay like this is a real possibility now i could be playing my first gray cup game have a chance to win it in front of family and friends in ottawa at home like i guess it couldn't have been a better storybook ending that never happened right so but do do you hate ricky ray No, I can't, I can't say that. I mean, it's, yeah, you, the Argos were a good team that year. And obviously, you know, winning it all, it was, it was yeah. kind of, kind of destiny for them. Speaking of BMO Field, um, it's a grass surface. It's uh, the, the, it's a brand new surface as well. So it's different than, than 2017 when you were here. Do you, do you find a big difference kicking on grass as opposed to field turf? I actually like it. I mean, that's kind of what, even when I practice at home in Ottawa, I mean, mostly kicking on high school fields that yeah. are grass is tough to find a turf field there. Yeah. It's nice though. I mean, this is immaculate. This is probably better than any turf field, no matter how fake it is. I mean, like the the condition that it's kept in. I mean, it's it's amazing, right? So, mm-hmm. just the I find it a little soft, and it's it's nicer for planting and stuff on my feet. And yeah, I just I, I really like it. I like the feel of it. When you got your plant foot specifically, how how finicky are you about shoes? Like, are you one of the guys that'll have fifteen pairs of shoes and you just got to find the right one. Well, I got about 10 pairs of right-footed shoes that are all worn out now, so I kind of rotate between <laughs> those. And then I usually am able to stick with about one or two plant shoes for a long time. I mean, for a field like this, I have a little bit longer studs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for turf, turf, I have a little bit shorter studs. But, I mean, I have, I have the shoes, though, for every kind of, every kind of surface, so I, I got that yeah. down pad now. 
So what was it like um, you end up here uh, coming to Toronto, back to Ontario? Um, was it was it an easy decision? I don't know if you had options at the time because it's, you know, uh, when, when you're kind of on that bubble, um, sometimes you have options, sometimes you don't. Did you have other options when you signed here? Um, well, I was actually currently, well, not currently, I was in Montreal for about four days. I was part of the Alouettes. Oh, that's right. Oh, I then, forgot about that. Oh, yeah, that's, right. So that's was, right. That's right. I was there for a little bit just trying to figure stuff out there yeah, when I, you yeah. know, like, Next thing you know, I was I had, I guess I'd come home for the weekend, and I was planning on going back on the Monday. Mm-hmm. Watched uh, you know what happened and everything in the game, and the next thing you know, I was getting a call from my agent saying that you know okay, like you ready to go to Toronto tomorrow kind of mm-hmm. deal, and I was like, sounds good. My bag's already packed. I just came home from from Montreal to Ottawa, so yeah, it was just kind of a, a quick transition. Didn't really think much about it. I mean, I was here in training camp, know the guys, yeah. you know what I mean, know what. Who I'm operating with and stuff, and yeah, it was it was an easy decision to come back. I, I find it weird. It's and it's part of football, but you got five kickers, which is unusual to begin with, and you all seem to get along so well, and yet, you know, you're competing for jobs. I mean, how do you get through that? Like, because you know, you, you and Drew got along well, and 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 Ronnie and and Zach and Donald, like everybody seems to get along so well. Yeah, there's that business side. Of yeah, things I mean, it's only kind two of. Jobs. I think it's kind of one of those things where. I mean, outside of it, you know, we're 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 friends. You know, what I mean, we're yeah. laughing, we're making jokes and stuff like that. And I think everyone knows what they need to do. Come time, like we're gonna all go out there, and we're gonna put our, our best foot forward. You know, what I mean, ultimately the decision's out of our hands, right? I mean, uh-huh. we could all go out there and make all. You know, if we have all field goal, all five field goals, right? We could all make all five field goals, but it's it's really nothing else we can do, right? I mean, so uh-huh. it's and that's kind of the way everyone kind of approached training camp, where it was like this was, I guess, a little bit of a scenario you don't really see often with five kickers. And I mean, I've been part of three you know two or something like that but five was was excessive you know to be a part of but uh, yeah it was I think we all handled it pretty well we went out there and did what we needed to do and and made uh, made it a tough decision for them to make the the one uh, stereotype about you is deadly accurate from 40 in but man if you need the 50 yarder like where did that come from because we've seen you kick 50 we, it, your, your field goal for the Argos is a 50 yarder why do you think that started it probably started with the fact that I was 155 pounds oh, in okay, university i go. think that probably contributed to it a bit uh sure. but yeah i actually i don't really know i think it's maybe just my smaller stature and you know, i'm not as big i'm not six, over six feet or anything yeah. like that but i mean with the way i strike the ball it's you know i mean there's really no difference right i'm i'm, I'm kind of a full body get all my kind of momentum and power through it all yeah. where other guys may not need to do that but i mean however it needs to be done as long as it goes through right that's all that matters okay so, so it's a, it's a nice day there's zero wind okay end of a game where are you mentally and physically where are you comfortable from i think on pretty much every game day even if there's a little bit of wind like there's always one end where I'm good, at least from, I think, 56, 57 going in. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I always tell the coach, you know, beforehand. Like, I'm good from this side going in this way. Maybe the other way might be, you know, 50 instead of a yeah. 55. But for the most part, it's just kind of like feel like how, how I feel out there, right? When you get a little sure. – even there's never going to be zero wind, right? And you're always going to look at one way, even though there might not be that wind. You don't see the flags moving. You kind of know. Right, I don't f- quite feel like I can get that much on it this way, but if I'm going this way, you know, what I mean, I'm good from 60. So I think no. when I go out there, for the most part, I think I'm good, pretty much from 56, 57 in. I think that's pretty. I can be trusted from there. Hamilton, I think everybody knows, is is a weird building for kickers because the wind is crazy. Um, I talked to Lira when he was here, and he said you'd be surprised how different it is on the field than everywhere else. Like, do do you feel this this has a weird 
wind pattern in this, or have you have you been able to figure it uh, out yet? I feel like I've played. I think I've had like two or three games here, yeah. and I've been able to figure it out a bit. Like I think obviously coming off the lake, yeah. you got that win. That's that's a for sure. But it seems kind of a win that's like north south kind of on the field. So like mm -hmm. I mean, those are the wins that. I think every kicker would rather if sure. it's going to be wind, you just know it's going one direction. That's yeah. it. So I mean, for the most part, that's where I've kind of felt that that's what the wind's been here. So as long as it stays like that, I'll be happy. Final question: Brad Marchand, good player or goon? I think great player, <laughs> <laughs> amazing player. I mean, how can you? Uh, I think he was up there in points this year. You know what I mean? How did but, you become a Bruins fan? Like, in, uh, I, I worked in Ottawa for two years, and it was. 90% Habs fan. This is before the Senators. It was like 90% Hab fans, a few Bruins fans, no Leaf fans. Um, why did you not become a Hab fan and become a Bruins fan? I think fan? I actually grew up hating the Habs. I think it was just uh, my dad was a huge uh, Bobby Orr fan back in the day. Oh, okay. So I okay. think it kind of went there, you know, then when my brother was born and stuff, like late 80s kind of deal, you know, that was like the Cam Neely, Ray Bohr kind of era. So, I mean, he was a Bruins fan. And then when I was born, you know what I mean? It was just kind of like no. either fit in or get out kind of deal, right? <laughs> so I had to kind of, I had to become a Bruins fan. And I mean, I, to this day, I, I love the Bruins. And I know that maybe some people in Toronto might not That's like fine. to hear that. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been my team. And uh, yeah, it's, I stick by them all the well, time. Well, as a Hab hater, you are welcome on this podcast <laughs> at any time. Hey, well, welcome to Toronto, uh, belatedly. But uh, I hope you have a long run here. And uh, great to see you in Double Blue. Bert, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Tyler Crepini. We'll come back and wrap up the Double Blue podcast next. That was Tyler Crepini place kicker, Toronto Argonauts, the first kicker on the program, and uh, a very, very entertaining interview. I And I will vividly remember that night seeing him play that game. It was a Sunday night. It was a rare Sunday night game, first game of the season, as as McMaster played Queens. And Steph Patasic had warned me about this scrawny little guy uh, who had played, uh, played for Team Ontario, Team Canada. And he said, the kid might be the answer to our, our kicking problems. And boom, next thing you know, Here's this kid becoming an all-Canadian, and there was nothing to him at all. And the first kick, and I, I kind of have high expectations, and then I see how small he is, and the kickoff goes to the goal line. It's like, holy crap, holy Carpinia. Uh, where did that come from? So it was, it was, a, it was a great eSports career for Tyler Carpinia. It's great to see him here. Again, Thursday night, Winnipeg's in town. Um, the Blue Bomber is here for the 7 o'clock kickoff. It is Thursday night concert series, classified playing halftime. Don't forget the shipyard opens at 5 o'clock. Schultz and I will be heading down there uh, probably around 5.30, and then we'll do a little spiel down there. Maybe we'll do a little bit later on uh, just because uh, we won't have a pregame show. We'll be going live on TSN 1050 at 7 o'clock just in time for the game. Uh, the $3 dogs, the $5 beers, the extended uh, area in the shipyard so come on down and see us looks like it's going to be spectacular sunny and 25 a kickoff we hope to see you there i think that's going to do it uh luca thank you for producing this doing all the editing cleaning up all my mistakes thank you and thank you for listening we'll come back again we'll do this a week from now uh, with another edition of the double blue podcast